0: The following is a presentation of Morning Drive Media. Hello, Knapsack Files friends. That's not an official title, but I'm happy you are here with me today for episode two hundred seven. Of the Napsack Files main show, we have got a, I guess, new kind of show. I don't know. Last week we did the, uh, did the stories, just me kind of talking through memories, and and I guess it's the same show today, except for with a guest. We got a guest coming up, Joe Ruggiero coming on the show to talk stand up comedy memories. It's just something I want to do. Hey, we explained it a little bit here after the break. Uh, we'll get into it, and completely just uh, off the cuff, we actually were recording some force center stuff. I said, hey, have you got anything to do right now? And and Joe said, well, absolutely not. I never do it. I said, same here. Let's do a Knapsack Files podcast. Let's talk about our stand-up comedy memories. And uh, that's fun. And that's what's coming your way. And I I think you're going to enjoy it. It's not just talking shop, but it's telling stories and the human experience of chasing your dreams and how that can sometimes not go the way you planned or sometimes just be downright painful. But always, above all remains fun. Before we get to that, some housekeeping. I want to thank everyone who supports me on patreon.com slash Your work fuels this network. Keeps it going, quite literally. Keeps the lights on, but also uh, allows me to form a community, uh, bounce stuff off of all of you, and and just kind of play around with what I want to do here. And some great shows and ideas and and information has come out of uh, the people that support me on patreon.com. And I want to especially thank my executive producer supporters. Uh, This is uh, Thomas Risling, Lethal Logan X, Matt Thompson, Nathan Ovendale, Ty Schellenberger, Chad Benefield, Tommy Terry Green, Jonas Berger, and Old Handsaw. Zach Taylor, Ranger Donald, and Ferris uh, uh Among all, uh, all the folks out there, there's a lot of great support out there. Abdul, Chris Kiefer, Allison Wadsworth, Will McLean. Uh, uh, we've got uh, Real Snacks Attack. Uh, James Polkinghorn, which is the greatest name in the history of the world. Uh, also, uh, just a great chap. A lot of folks who support me. And uh, as always, this is the best way to support. If you like, uh, just g- give us a like, give us a listen, retweet, tell a friend about what's going on here. I've been doing this a, a bit now, and uh, there's a, a tight community formed around here, and that's because of all of you, uh, and that comes uh, out of the Patreon page, so I, I can't thank you all enough. And it's because of, I don't know, that feeling of support, that feeling of, of warmth that I'm confident enough to try crazy things like a live show. We've been doing the Mark Ellis shows, and, you know, that's kind of comforting, because, uh, you know, Mark Ellis is like a nice, war. he's like, an, I was going to say daddy, like an uncle, he's going to bring you along for the ride, it's going to be a lot of fun, but This one's a little different. Coming up on October 10th, take note, from the comfort of your own home, you can watch Riley's Cantina live. That's right, Mark Riley, our pal, is bringing his Star Wars YouTube show, Riley's Cantina, live into your living room. Now, what's the difference, you're going to ask? That's a fair question. Mark is uh, live every Monday, roughly, from his own YouTube channel, and I'm a guest on there often. We love just talking Star Wars and celebrating Star Wars and getting into Star Wars, right? This is a Star Wars show, Riley's Cantina. It's a live show. The difference is this is a Star Wars comedy variety hour. This is going to be fun in spirit, fun in pacing, fun in probably, let's face it, messing up. Uh, We are just going to get out there and have some fun live with an audience, and it's going to be full of uh, special guests, uh, uh, crazy things, and stuff that you can't see on Riley's Cantina, or won't hear me do on Four Center. It's going to be a different kind of vibe. Fun. Hang out. A Saturday night show. Indeed, At Saturday night, October 10th, 7 p.m. Pacific time. A live stream show. No one's going to be the audience except for you at home. If you want tickets, you can go to Sean Healy uh, Productions. Uh, They uh, are on Twitter at WeBookBands. We're not a band. We're a band of nerds. Uh, You can go to TicketWeb.com. But here's the thing, I'll make it easy for you. Go to kennapsock.com. hey, that's my website, hey, what happened? Uh, you go there and uh, click on the show's events page and scroll on down and you'll see the pretty logo designed by the absolute great Brian Ward and a link to get tickets. There's general admission tickets and then there's VIP tickets with a commemorative action figures t-shirt also designed by Brian Ward. And from there, you can get some add-ons if you want more things, some exclusive merch. This is the only place you're going to get it. And uh, that also gets you to a, a live Q&A. Uh, and uh, the prices are there. We're looking at about $12 general admission, 35 and up for the VIP uh, stuff. Uh, and look, uh, this is uh, we're going to give you something different, and we're going to be doing more of these. And, um, you know, this is the first, and it's always a little scary. I'm, I, I'm, I'm always honest here in the Napsack Files. I'm not just, just trying to sell you something. I'm always honest. It's scary. We're going to go out here and kind of headline a show here and see if anyone wants to hang out with us. And uh, check it out. Uh, if you love Mark, if you love, uh, you know, if you're kind of okay with me being around these parts, uh, consider checking it out there. Uh, go to kennapsuck.com sl- uh, slide on over to the Shows and Events page and check that out there. All right. All right. It's all right. It's all right. Let's do it. Thanks. Uh, for your support on any level. All right. We're going to take a quick break. And when we do, on the other side of this, uh, we're going to uh, hear from a returning guest, Joe Rusciarello, returning to the Knapsack Files to share stand-up comedy war stories here on the Knapsack Files. We'll see you then.
1: hey y'all what's going on this is Kojak. i create music that can be found both on youtube and soundcloud and now i'm a recent streamer on twitch so if you're looking for some chill instrumentals check me out on youtube and soundcloud under kojaq and for some laughs you can check my twitch page under ko underscore JAQ. everyone please be safe and thank you Well, hello there. This is Lauren Romo, one of the co hosts of the Galactic Podcast. We are two gals that just talk anything and everything within that galaxy far, far away. So come join us for the Star Wars discussions. Stay for that silliness. You can find us on Apple Pod, Spotify, Google Play, and Podbean. Follow us on Twitter at The Galactic Pod. And as always, may that force be with you.
0: Why We Love Star Wars by Ken Napsok is a collection of little love letters to the greatest saga ever told, and a personalized copy can be yours today. Just go to KenNapsack.com and choose the Shop tab. There, you'll find options to purchase exclusive poster art designed by movie trivia schmodown star Janine Bryce, a signed copy of Why We Love Star Wars, and collector Knapsock file cards. Already have a copy of the book but still want an author signature? Then check out the book plate package. Get a signed book plate sticker and a 3D printed keychain sent straight to your spaceship. Go to KenNapsack.com for pricing and shipping information. Napsack Files fans, I am welcoming back to the show Joe Ruggirello. Joe Ruggerello,
1: welcome back to the show. Hey, thanks. It's nice to be welcomed back to the show.
0: One of my early guests.
1: Yeah, one of my early. I don't know what we're doing. I don't know what we're doing.
0: We're taking up. Now, this is, I want to do something here in the Napsack Files. I've been doing, uh, you know, having fun doing Saturday night Napsack, uh, you know, more prepared audio sketches and that kind of stuff. And, I always want the big, uh, big interviews and the big emotional things. And I want to be able to talk about that stuff too. But I'm also in a point of just like, I, I love talking stories. I love talking stories with people about experiences and, and genres of careers. A little And you and I were in comedy together.
1: Uh, yeah, we
0: were. And I know obviously, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm somehow they got me back into it, Joe, they got me back into it. Um, but I love hearing those stories. And I, I'm going to start bringing some uh, comedian friends on and maybe even comedian enemies and just, Talking shop, talking stories, and just going with it because why? This is the Napsuck Files. My name's on the billboard, and the billboard got knocked off and is on the ground in the back of an alley. So (laughs) doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. I can do what I want here. I can do what I want.
1: Um, My name's in the title.
0: Yeah, my name's in the title for now until I fire myself from my own show. Let's start here. Stand-up comedy was uh, we're intertwined because of this, and in uh, in an upcoming episode of Four Center, we I mentioned it and. Uh, a little preview for those coming, Joseph. Uh, Joe, Spoiler Joseph, alert, Joe. I keep calling you Joseph because I'm so used to working with <laughs> <the laughs> Tim. All those years, but I've known you for 15 years, Joe. Um, yeah, we're intertwined because we uh, we met through an old mutual friend. Who, who, mm-hmm. who the connection was? This is my pathetic friend, Joe. He wants to get into comedy. You're pathetic like him. Can you, but you're in comedy. Can you help him?
1: That was the sales pitch. Um, I yeah. I, I was about to be offended and then I realized, I remembered which friend you're talking. To. I was like, yeah, yeah, that's probably a direct quote, yeah, I get it
0: yeah and <laughs> I at, a, at an El torito in yep. uh, uh, was it Canoga park um that, that neck of town yeah uh, to, uh, w- w- woodland hills I think technically uh the hottest part of the valley um, yeah we, we met we had like a blind friend date <laughs> to yeah. get you comedy. Yeah. Uh, as class. You do. Yeah. What uh what's the first uh, what's the first? what was your first set on stage? What did you what did you do? Where my wh- very, uh, yeah.
1: My very first set was my graduation show from the Jody Miller stand-up class. Yes. Uh, Jody. At at room five, hosted by by Lou. Uh, Santini was the host, yes. Santini was the host. I think you screwed my last name up, which is ironic given the mm. Italian but um, yeah, that was my first, that was my first real taste of, of a crowd. Mm. And I, I, I crushed it and it was that, mad. Like that was one of, you know, it's, it's completely painful to watch now just because mm a some of my some of the bits are just I did this weird juggling bit which I think only lasted about 3 shows and I was like wait a this is this is weird and awkward nobody gets it but me I'm going to stop doing this um wait a minute wait a minute I I remember your I don't remember a juggling bit did you juggle I I didn't well, I mean I pantomimed juggling but it was god it was something to do with like like <laughs> like sports casters and I I don't even remember the the setup but somehow it was like if you were the like what would be the the sports caster if he was covering a juggling competition I don't know it was really awkward and bad and like 3 minutes long oh, and, <laughs> and I want and it like it did well but just watching it back I'm like I I have to I have to stop doing this bit it's oh, terrible yeah. I, I
0: would have some bits early on That I would occasionally get a big laugh And I would consider them like Hey, my A material And I'll look at old tapes and I'm like I should have just dropped
1: the mic and walk off the stage Yeah, yeah It's like oh, I, I shouldn't be allowed to do this in public Yeah you but would. That want was, it. Yeah uh, Yeah, I would wanted it to do it I mean, it's always been kind of in the back of my brain Just because I grew up watching Comedy mm-hmm. Central back when it was just you know, stand up and kids in the hall or SNL reruns um, with the occasional MS, the occasional mystery science theater 3000 yeah. episodes sprinkled in. But, oh, yeah. you know, so we watched,
0: we watched John Stewart and Patty Roseboro on short attention span theater than Mark. Mar- Mark, S, Mark Maron took over and then Mark S. Allen took over. Oh, yeah, yeah absolutely. man.
1: Yeah. So, you know, it was, it was something that, you know, was one of my uh, initial, you know, as the, the moment I got cable TV when I was like 10, uh, you know, I started getting into it. So it was always something I wanted to try. And, then, you know, I finally reached a point in my life where I was depressed enough to do it. And, and you helped me. <laughs> and,
0: Comedy, I'd like to start Statum Comedy. How bad do you feel? <laughs>
1: yeah. Are you happy in, in, with where you're at? No? Cool. Come on in. Um <laughs> And yeah, so it was, I mean, it was, you know, I did it for, I think about five years and yeah. I, it was, it was, you know, it was, it was a lot, but I'm well, glad I did it, but no, good yeah. God.
0: And I, well, I don't think you necessarily, look, I, you know, you know, you're not done yet. No one's done yet. Uh, you know, I'm, I mean, here I am doing shows with Mark Ellis and in 2014, he was like, right, "Let's let's go down to La Jolla before uh, the comedy uh, Comic Con, and let's do a set at the Comedy Store." And I was like, "No!" And then I did it, and he was like, ah, "How do you feel?" And I'm like, I, it, was, "It was the worst experience of my life." Um, <laughs> and then here I am doing it again. But but
1: age has changed it. Um, first oh, of all, I'll I'll perform again tomorrow as long as I don't have to bring anybody.
0: Yeah, well, that you and I were doing the bringer shows. <laughs> yeah, but, I could I could right.
1: never escape the bringer circuit, and that's what killed me. Did did you?
0: There was times, uh, um, uh, there was times where comedy doing stand up comedy was just like almost physically painful. Yeah, and those bringer show nights, where uh, you know, you look and you look, you know, Brian Keith Etheridge once told me the entire business is a bringer show. Your name has to bring in people, regardless of your your level of success. I understand that concept, but the bringer show is. Is is it, it, and there's a little bit of a pushback in the industry on it now. Like a lot of people out here, these young comics with the principles, how dare they? Are yeah. like uh, tired of it. But you know, back then it was the game. You did it, and you either moved up or, or like you and I, you struggled with it. But that's because, like, you know, for those who don't understand, it would be like, cool. You get booked on the show at the comedy store. Oh, god, the comedy the store. store! All right, it's a Sunday yes. night. It's eight o'clock. It's in the belly room, and you need to bring five people. Okay, well, cool. I got five work friends and then you do it again. And I get, I got three work friends ready to go. Let me con two other people. Maybe my, uh, you know, parents are in town. Uh, and then after a while, there's a night you get booked and you're like, yeah, yeah, I'll bring five people and no one shows up. And then it becomes painful because then yep. you, you're, you're moved to the back of the show. Your time is cut or some unscrupulous promoters will come up to you and go, Hey, you didn't bring any people tonight. How about you slip me 20 bucks and I'll let you still go on stage. Oh, and I had part. I had a
1: dude at the comedy store straight up tell me you didn't bring anybody, you can't go up. Like yeah. literally thanks for thanks for showing up, yeah. but you can't bring anybody or you didn't bring anybody so you get no stage time. I was like, Cool. Glad cool. I've spent the last two and a half hours waiting to go on stage. Right. <laughs> well, you bumped people because Chris Delia just walked in. Yes. Like, oh God, I I, I as See, you know, I'm not, a, as you know, I'm not a violent man and I've never been in a fight, but boy, did I want to punch that idiot in the face. <laughs> oh, I wanted to punch him so hard.
0: There you go. That's, that's the stand-up comedy experience. Uh, uh, you know, again, it gets different, it gets bigger and the level of success and, yeah. and Hey, you know, it is, you're either funny or not sometimes, but it doesn't mean you aren't a funny person. It just means you're set that night works or your jokes work or you don't, but uh, there were those nights and I remember one time, one time coming off the stage of the Comedy Store Belly Room and, and coming out and finding my, my then roommate, my, my friend Dave, um, known as A-Dave around these parts. So, and, and Dave was literally leaning up against the Comedy Store wall, hunched over. And I was like, dude, dude, are you OK? And he was like, dude, I can't I can't watch any more comedy.
1: <laughs> well, yeah, because, you know, some of those bringer shows, you know, there'd be 17 comics. Right. Over three hours. And you'd be number 16. Yeah. I remember one night I did, I was in the main room. Uh, I, and I, I'm going to mention his name out mm-hmm. of love because for better, or for worse, bring your show, whatever the guy put me on stage more times than anybody else. So much right. love. So I, it was a Vargas Mason show.
0: Vargas Mason. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Great guy. Who's on, I think he was on some season of last comic standing. Um, Did this bit about sperm that I swear to God, every time I saw it, even though I probably saw it 50 times still always made me laugh, but you know, it was one of his shows. I hadn't brought a lot of people. So it was, so I was, I think it literally was, I was number 16 of 17. And by the time I went out there, the audience consisted of uh, my mom, who was too dedicated to go home, and <laughs> her work friend. Uh, there was a guy asleep, and then two girls who were playing, who were having a thumb war as I walked out on stage. And did not break, and did not cease their thumb war. as I, Like, I started my set, and they were still thumb warring. Yeah. It is. And it, it was one of those, you know, I always found those small, you know, and I'm talking five people crowds. Yeah. They could have some fun if you really just sort of leaned into the fact that, look, this is pointless and we all know it, but we're all here. So let's make the most out of it. Right. And I think by the end of the set, I was literally just sitting on the edge of my st- of the stage, like with my feet dangling down, just like, so what do you guys want to talk about? <laughs> and i still made some fun out of it and then enjoy, yeah. somehow enjoyed my whatever it was four minutes that we got yeah. um but yeah. also it was one of those where i then went back and was like what am i doing with my life <laughs> like why did i why did i you know because also as you know back back then certainly i i really enjoyed alcohol a lot i mm-hmm. still do but i had a lot but now I've learned moderation. Back then I didn't. So, yeah, you know, I was out at the bar. I was get yeah. I was completely yeah. hammered, spending yeah. comedy store prices on whatever alcohol. To so I'm dropping like sixty, seventy dollars right. to do four minutes in front of five people who don't care.
0: And two of them, <laughs> two of them that you literally could do the set on the ride home. <laughs>
1: you know? Yeah. I mean, right. my mom. And by the you know, by that time, my mom could do my entire set because she, right. yeah. You know, God bless. I love my mother. She came. She came to more shows than anyone else, but just because that's who she is. Yeah. Um But you know, she she could do my material. And uh, I, ah, ah, oh, comedy! I'm yeah. just sorry. I'm 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 flooded with memories. Some <laughs> good, most painful. Well,
0: but this is, this is exactly why I want to have these conversations and, and here's what's it you know, so you, you start it and then I leave, um, the first person to know that I was done with standup the first time around was Jody Miller. I was, I was, mm-hmm. uh, was one of her, her student shows and she's a great stand up coach and very successful now. And, and you, can, yeah. uh, you all can
1: go see her at the store too. And, um, I loved her. I loved her class. I, yeah, you know, Jody, I'm so glad that that was how I did it. Yeah, I'm glad I did uh, that instead of like going to open mics or whatever.
0: Yeah, you wanted to learn, learn the craft, and I, and, yeah. and it's not. A, it's I think that you can maybe people can have a, a, a negative opinion of looking down on taking comedy classes. It's not. It, it's it's a jump start on the craft of it, and and I, and I don't I, I I I didn't, but sometimes I wish I did because it would help
1: me learn how to
0: write a joke better. Yeah.
1: Well, now um, the thing, yeah, like she she yeah. just did a really good job of like teaching you how to do, you know, how to be a part, you know, do the actual art of doing stand up. And you know, I mean, later I did open like I've done plenty of open mics. I wasn't thing, but like I I would definitely, you know, anyone anyone listening going, "How should I get in stand up? Take a class first. Please take a class first.
0: Yeah, that's not uh I always say two things, just do it and then yeah, learn in the craft and cuz she would teach things about microphone placement you know as i was i would mm-hmm. host a lot of shows i was i was known back in the room five days with the harloff and ellis and that team like i was like the host guy and like a comic a, a young rookie comic comes along and, and they don't put the microphone back on the stand they don't move the stand or they don't move it back and you know they don't wait for the host on stage to shake a hand all these kind of little like maybe a little bit of unwritten rules like baseball but a lot of just how it works and yeah and she would teach that kind of stuff and that's the kind of the thing you need to Yeah,
1: those are things you need to know. The best advice she ever gave me was after, you know, our first class, she's like, so you're all doing five minutes tonight. And, you know, we all craft our pants. But, you know, after I got up there and did my hastily thrown together terrible material, she was like, so your jokes are seven sentences long. Make them two. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, "Okay, all right. You know, trim, trim the fat.
0: Absolutely, um, and had, so Jody was. I was Jody's the first one that I quit to. Like she came up and said, "Hey, next week or next month, can you host my student show?" And I said, "You know what? I'm actually, yeah. You know what? I think I'm going to be done with stand up." She was, "What? Oh, okay, I was so sad." And that was it. I was done. But then, a couple of years later, now the cycle turns around. You are running shows. Yeah, that
1: lasted shows. three times.
0: Yeah. <laughs> You're doing it and then you, you kind of asked. You asked me, yeah. and I had not. Well, up for like course. a year and a half, years,
1: and you, it was I was mean, like, "You had to be on my first show."
0: Oh, sure. And this yeah. was like around 2009, late 2009, early 2010, or something like that. Mm-hmm. And um, I was like, "Okay, okay." I, I really wanted to be done with this. I thought I had a good life going, but sure, let's do it. And then I and, and, and I had a new reapproach. But you had by this time, again, it's it, it's like Vader and Kenobi. The circle is complete. Uh, yeah. I mean, you were you were doing great stuff. And I, I was really impressed. And and so, what are some of the good memories of that time? What are some of the good memories when the when the jokes hit, or or or, or you put together something you didn't
1: think that would work, and it did work, or uh, you know, crazy moments? Oh man! Um, I mean, I, I always had a great time at the Ice House. Yes, which is all you know, know. Speaking, speak, speaking of the show, I booked you at yeah, at Blatant yeah. Tom Poolery at the Ice House Annex. Remember? Um, I do it.
0: That. I still I'm Facebook friends with the guy who was on right before me, Shannon McDonald. I don't even know him, but I like I'm still Facebook I, friends yeah. from
1: that I night. Remember.
0: Shannon, he, yeah, he's we, a we, good uh, dude.
1: He hosted a lot of shows that I did. He's a he's a really good good guy. He has like man. nine kids, but no, he's a good dude. Um, but yeah, no, I anytime I did a a I got a lot a lot of like Sunday night Ice House main room shows, and those were always the they're kind of a double-edged sword because they were the sort of shows where like you could literally get up and start juggling dead puppies and you still probably get a laugh just because those crowds were so into it. So like I've seen comics that I've seen other places just bomb and they're terrible and they go up to the ice house and do really well. And you're kind of like, this is unfair. You're, you're encouraging them. But at the same time, then I go up and I destroy it and I come off being like, all right, so when am I going to be on Conan? Where's Conan? Why isn't (laughs) Conan calling me? I just, that's, that's how you do it. That's how you do comedy.
0: Ice House. And I have not performed there since probably your show. Cause it's not a normal, you know, just this year I was just getting ready to like, all right, let's go back and do some stuff. Um, beyond just, uh, working on Ellis's shows and then the you know, lockdown hits and comedies non-existent right now. Um, unless it's by zoom, apparently. Um, yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> In the <laughs> sweat box of the Viper room.
0: <laughs> I, I mean, that was, that was an experience. Uh, that one will gross. Yeah, that good was really bad. gross. Uh, embassy, you know, I've sweat, I'm still cleaning up sweat stains. Um, sure. but you know, the ice house, yeah, that's what it's funny. Cause it would give you such false confidence. But at the same time, it's like, oh, once you get outside of L.A. proper and the rest of the world, people enjoy laughing. <laughs> it was a nice
1: yeah, because yeah, that's the thing. Like the comedy store crowd is very different from the Ice House crowd. And, you know, the the yes, the comedy store crowd will toughen you up, which is important. Yeah. But sometimes you just want to get up and tell jokes and have people laugh their asses off. And that's what. You I never had a bad set at the Ice House deal. I, I had, I had one, well, I had a weird experience at the Ice House. Did I ever tell you how I got my Franco Harris jersey? Were you there uh, for that?
0: No, you're a big Pittsburgh Steeler fan with uh, all due respect to our friend, Josh McCougar. um, Yeah, man, tell me that story. I do not think I know that story.
1: Okay. And it it ties into standup. That's what I'm bringing up. So I was booked. Uh, by my friend Robert Chambers to do it. With- oh, yes. You knew Bobby Chambers. Well, um, I had worked, I worked with him in security. Remember? Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah.
0: You so, did not know we were on different shifts and we didn't know we both had similar interests. And then years later, oh, gosh, did you work? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he was doing comedy. Now he's an artist and uh, does paintings and yeah. showing.
1: Yeah, he's a really good artist. But so... So he booked me to do his show at the Ice House Annex. That was a fundraiser for St. Jude's Children's Hospital. Gotcha. Uh, you know, all proceeds go to St. Jude's. And I I promoted the hell out of it. I told everyone I could, you know, it's a Sunday night. It's at The Ice House can be great. It's going to be fun. You know, it's a good cause. Come on out. Please, everybody come. It's going to be fun. Come on and get there the night of the show and nobody came. Mm. And I mean I don't mean there was a a light audience. I mean literally other than most of the stand-up comics who were booked because actually one or two even flaked nobody yeah. came. Children died because of our show. Yes. Yeah. And It got to the point, I think it was like 20 minutes after the show was supposed to start and no one was there. And there was like five of us just sitting in the annex, just with our spirits just dwindling. We're like, do we still like, do you guys just want to like workshop? Like, what do we do? And probably me, I think I was like, or we could go get drunk now.
0: This is yes, this is why we're friends. I would have been in the same like no, we're not going to go. Yeah,
1: no, we don't need to workshop let's just go get hammered. So That's uh not the problem. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So we went around the corner, found this bar, and there's a sports bar, and they were auctioning off throwbackers, like you had to buy like ten bucks of uh, raffle tickets to get entered into the raffle for certain jerseys and they had like, you know, a Michael Jordan throwback, uh right. yeah, you know, I think there's like a Jerry yeah, you know, there was like five or six, but there's this Franco Harris jersey. And I yes, lifelong Steeler fan. And you know, and it, it was a it's like a good one, like three hundred dollar Mitchell and Ness, like legit throwback. i was like, All right, well I'll toss you ten bucks for a raffle ticket for a possible Steelers jersey. Sure, why not? yeah Whatever. But we were all but mostly we were just sitting at the table drinking, going it was happened. We just all we wanted to do was raise money for sick children and help and nobody came. I had friends who said they would come and they flaked on a Saint <laughs> Jude's hospital fundraiser. What does this mean? And then they did the raffle for the Franco Harris jersey and I won it. And I was like, okay, i so bad. And I, I just, as I was going home, I was like, I don't know what the takeaway from tonight is. I don't know what the lesson or what the purpose, like, why, why did this series of events occur? Was this all like, was I just truly meant to have this Franco, Franco Harris jersey, which I absolutely still have. Should. Or, like, I don't, and I still, like, to this day, I'll still every once in a while think about, like, I got that Franco jersey at least, but.
0: That's what the. My comedy career gave me that jersey.
1: Yeah. Stand up, that jersey. Honestly, that might be the best. That jersey cost more than my biggest comedy pay night. Like, other than free beer, I think the most I ever made in the night was like 60 bucks. Wow. At most. Yeah. Right. Yeah. No, I never. This was not. Uh, this was not. This, I lost money doing stand up, but at least I got uh, a Harris jersey.
0: Oh yeah. You, if you if you go to improv and you're hanging out at the bar and Eddie's giving you for me it was a rum and coke mm-hmm. and a cheesecake. I'm mm-hmm. already yeah. down 15 bucks and the night hasn't even started. Uh, you yep. know. Um, do you remember? Uh, do you remember your last set?
1: Yeah, the one in Oxnard.
0: Yeah, you, do, you do remember that was because that was.
1: No wait, no. I'm sorry. That no, I'm sorry. That uh, that the one in Oxnard was the, my second last night. You did one more after that. Gotcha. I did, no, I my did last one. one. Yeah, yeah. No, I did one last uh, Vargas Mason ma- main room. Okay. And and yes, I I I don't remember the set. The only thing I remember from that night and and, pardon my language, mm-hmm. but. It was one of those where you know I was supposed to bring people didn't bring anybody so I got bumped to hour four. <laughs> but as we're you know on the and the only no no I I, I misspoke I did bring uh, three people my mother, my God aunt, yeah my mother my aunt and their friend who is my fourth grade teacher fifth oh,
0: grade oh what
1: yeah so. <laughs> They're sitting there. And the only thing I remember from that night was that before I went up, some other comic led the entire audience in to start chanting the word cunt over and over and over again. And I I distinctly remember in that moment, hearing the entire Mm -hmm. comedy store audience in the main room, chanting that word, knowing that my mother and my aunt and their friends we're sitting there experiencing that, and then just thinking, you know what? Yeah, I don't need to do this anymore. I'm good. And I I went and I did my set, and then that was it. I didn't have anything else booked after that. And I think mm-hmm. I got a couple. I may have gotten one or two emails, but I was just like, Nah, I'm good. I yeah. don't need to do that. I it don't looked... need to do that anymore. And I don't need to ask people I love to do that anymore. You know? Yeah.
0: I think that's the thing. And look, you, you know, you, you work the craft and you go up and, you know, there, you know, you and I weren't going up every night and, and, you know, you know Ellis was, and that was the game and, you know, nothing, a lot of powerful moments and great moments. And, and I miss a lot of those days. And again, I, I'm, I am back doing it and I, I do want to come back to that for a second, but I love, yeah, you and I drove up to Oxnard, uh, with, uh, Santini, yeah. uh, uh you know, yeah. and, um, uh oh gosh who was it it was her was it was Lydia, Lydia right Lydia her, yeah Lydia and, and crazy Randall that's right yeah and they ran a show and we I I were you supposed to perform because I wasn't
1: and yeah no yeah I was booked you weren't yeah, but you yeah. wrote but you drove with me and Lou and yeah. they knew you and so then, they're like yeah sure we showed up we're like hey Ken's going up too and they're like okay. Yeah, well, like yeah I,
0: think, I, I think Lydia asked asked me if do you want to do some time and Lou answered for me, he goes, Yes, yes, he does. Yeah. Um and I went up and I and I and there was one of it was a bar show in Oxnard, Oxnard. On you a know, that's an an, hour. An, yeah, on an hour plus drive out of LA and um six or seven people were there.
1: And they all and hated I, me. They liked well, they, you. They did it not have to not- pay for me at all. <laughs>
0: they it was you didn't it wasn't that you bombed they were like we don't like this gentleman please remove yeah. him
1: yeah um, like it it yeah it wasn't even that they didn't find me funny they just literally were offended by my presence
0: yeah but the thing is like i did i killed i remember i had i do remember i was like i, was I had a good time yeah
1: and it was like i was I got so all- mad you <laughs> I I were yeah. you and i died <laughs> and then i was like yeah Really, this guy doesn't even do it anymore. Screw you. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I was starting to wind up, but I remember that, and I want to come back to that. But but I know what you're feeling. The 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 that comedy store story, and we're not just hammering on the comedy store. I love hanging out there now. Like,
1: the comedy store is still comedy mecca. I just yeah. Uh, some
0: oh, absolutely.
1: And I also had some great times. Like I had some great sets. Yeah, I had a lot of fun, but. Also, I got really jaded. <laughs>
0: yeah, well, that's the thing. It's like I drove down, me and my uh, pal, uh, and uh, for a while, a roommate too, because eventually, every time, almost every, the fact that you and I weren't roommates is amazing. Because at one point, you, you, you're, you're a roommate with every comedy buddy you know, you had. Um, we have a
1: second bedroom if you want to move in.
0: Hey, you know, Grace and I will bring the dogs. It'll be good. Please um, please. You know, you know Spivak, well, Craig Spivak at one point, a great, great chap. We were roommates, but Sam oh, Ventura. Yeah.
1: Yeah, <laughs> well, I remember I, him.
0: Yeah,
1: probably. I booked him on your recommendation on my show, and he was he, terrible. Did not happen. <laughs> I think I remember texting you, and be like, "Are you really?" Well, really? you know, <laughs> were you kidding? It, were you messing with me? <laughs> what are you doing?
0: You not know, it, Sam Turin, it, it,
1: not Sam Ventura. He yeah. was hilarious. No, yeah, you win some, you lose some. It's Vivy might be listening. Vivy, we love you. Yeah, um, uh, no, God bless him. But uh, uh, he did not do well on my show. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but Ventura and I, uh, Sam Ventura and I, we get in a, in a car. I think it's Mike, maybe my car. We drove our, our pal, Johnny Laquasto uh, booked us on a show. Johnny, Johnny was based down uh, South Bay area. Like it was Huntington beach or some, some kind of far, you know, eventually right. here and, and now out in Florida and doing great stuff. But, um, um, Johnny booked us down there. We drove in traffic over two and a half hours kind of range. And we drove down there. It was a bar. There was a, a billiard table in front of the stage. People were playing billiards. They were upset that we had to be like, Hey, can you turn?
1: Uh, I've, done play- yeah. I've done those shows.
0: Yeah. And then, like, you know, a Laker game or something's playing at the bar. Yeah. The bartenders turn it off. Cause the comedy show's starting oh, and there's yeah. seven people in the audience, but 40 people in the bar and they all hate you. Uh-huh. And they did a tip jar. And I think I got nine bucks and change And again, I know it's different and it's not, and and, and you, you can elbow grease it and work really hard and 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 you can love it. But I I just had one of those moments driving home, you know, less traffic, but still an hour plus. And I'm like, I did almost four hours of driving. I did seven minutes in front of a crowd that literally I thought could, could have fought me if if the tide turned uh, fast and I got nine bucks, uh, you know, which didn't cover the tank of gas or the food. And it was just like, You do kind of, I still love the game for the love of the game indeed, but there's a moment where you're just like, I think it's time to walk away. And then the Oxnard show happened. I do crush. I do have a good show. And I remember thinking that's enough. I think that's enough.
1: Yeah. I think I even remember you saying that you're like, I can, I'd rather have this be my last show since I did do well versus that other one that you were just talking about, because that way, at least I'm leaving on a high note. It was a little bit of a like, hit and. I remember up. you say, "Like I remember, I was having that conversation on the way home because you were like, yeah, no, I'm I'm good with this being the last one because it actually was good.'
0: Yeah, I was kind of, <laughs> here's the thing, and as we start to wrap up, Joe, uh, Joe, I want to. Uh, this is this is where I eventually maybe I, I get you back in. In that, it wasn't just that I killed. I, I had a fun set. I, I kind of had some crazy make them up. So you know, I wasn't doing just my set. I was doing some crowd work, which I don't normally just don't do. I'm not good at it. Yeah. Um, but I had been working on a joke. And had a joke in my set about a, a you know a pregnant couples showing you know your um, your sonogram and and you know I'm not, not talking about a highbrow concept here, but it was just something funny and 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 I had a good reference in it and I on that night I had I did on the fly I switched part of the joke and I added something which happens you know eventually oh, you yeah. feel it, you had a beat and I remember thinking. that's 2010, I think 2010, 11 range that I did that show. And I'd be like, well, I'm done. I'm done. I'm done in the back of my head. And you're a golf guy. That last shot you could, you could, you Mm could jank every drive, miss every putt. But that one pitch you made and the ball lofts up and gets on the green in your head. You're like, I'll be back because I know I can get that shot. That was what, and if I'm being honest with myself, that was what was in my head. That one specific add on beat to the joke. And it's still in my set. Now it's there now. Uh, and with the add on, and do you, ha- is there something maybe not s- specific? I'm not trying to trick you into coming back. <laughs> do, that, do that to you, but is there something in your head where you're like one more time? Cause I ain't
1: done. Uh, first of all, I think golf is the perfect analogy for standup comedy for exactly the reason you just said, because absolutely you will have, you'll play 18 holes, You'll have shots that go the exact wrong direction off a tree into water just backwards like it'll all be terrible. And then you'll hit that one beautiful shot that just is crisp and clear and sails into the sky like a like a phoenix and lands perfectly. And and that'll be like, Yeah, that's why I do it. And comedy is Absolutely the same way, because for every single time that I came off stage thinking, why did I, why do I keep doing this to myself? Mm. There's this one time where I was at the ice house and I I, was even kind of, I I was an inadvertent prop comic because I made a comment about my dad who was in the audience. So I said, I forget what the joke was, but I said it and it got a really good laugh. And I was like, right, dad? And he's like, yep. And it like people fell out of their chairs. It was (laughs) so good. And that was one of those where it's like, yeah, like if I could just, why can't I just do this every night? Bottle that up. And yeah, you absolutely have those nights where like, or you tell a joke and just the laughs keep going. You're like, oh, I don't, I don't have to talk again yet. They're still laughing. Like, no, it's. Let, I, I mean, I wasn't kidding earlier when I said like if I don't have to bring anybody, I'll perform again tomorrow. Like I I don't wanna like I don't wanna be a comedian. I don't wanna be a comic. My wife will not be married to a comic, but I would love to perform stand up comedy again somehow. So you know, like I'd be all I'd be all I'd be all for it. Because again, yeah, it's one of those things where you always you know, I still I I I do not write anything down. Be, just because I don't want to, you know, I, I'm not, I'm not ready to start that. I'm not, I'm, I'm not ready to start that again, but yep. I absolutely yep. still think of bits. I absolutely still think of material, especially now that I'm, I mean, mm-hmm. God, I think I retired 10 years ago. You know, I'm a, I'm a decade and a marriage older. So I got some stuff like, you know, Oh my yep. God. Like I, you know, heartbeat. Mm-hmm. Just as long as all I had to do is show up, I don't want to have to bring 30 people. I think, can- <laughs> no, please, I think can- please, don't make me bring 30 people. <laughs>
0: I, think, I, think can, I think we can make that happen. I think we can make this happen, Joe. Uh, I'm not now. I want your marriage to go well. I understand it. But it's those moments, those memories that pull you back. And I'll tell you, be careful. That's how I knew when Ellis got me back on stage in 2014. It was different. I did it out of fear. I did it out of well. I better do it. Uh, and I, th- I just was trying to maybe impress people, even too, and and it didn't work. And even then, I had some stuff that was okay, but it didn't work. But when I came back later on, when he started bringing me and Macuga on the road, and then and then Macuga couldn't get to San Francisco, and and Mark says you're up by yourself, Slugger. I started writing bits, <laughs> and yeah. and I was doing it before because Macuga and I were hitting the stage, just making everything up on the fly. And then one of the third or fourth times we did it, I turned to Josh and said, Hey, remember that thing we did? Uh, we should do that. And I was, Oh no, he got me. I'm yeah. writing, I'm writing bits down.
1: That's how they get you. Well, I, I, well, it, it's fu- the funny thing about my wife. I mean, my wife's hilarious, but here's the funny thing. I met my wife because of stand up, mm-hmm. but my wife has never seen me live.
0: Well, that's she, probably she, a connective. She, I see the connection. <laughs>
1: Yeah, like well, because I because I met her because two of her now our mutual friends, but two girls that she went to high school with saw me at when I was hosting a show at the West Side Eclectic off the Third Street Promenade.
0: Oh, in the alley.
1: Yeah, in the alley, I, and I'll I'll say it. I loved that venue too. I had some great shows there. Mm-hmm. Um, but so you know, so they are how I met her. But she never came to one of my shows. She's only seen I have one clip that I put up on YouTube. She's seen that. But she's never actually seen me live and like part of me kind of wants to have her see me live. I don't know why. But I I you know, even just for that, I want to because again, I don't want to be a stand-up and she sure. does not want to be a stand-up comic's wife and I have a very good job with health insurance, so like I'm not going to do that. But <laughs> But I would love to like do a show and have my wife come and like just kind of you know, kinda show her what I got. You know what I mean? Be careful what you wish for.
0: We we've got the power to do this stuff, so we'll I'm, see. I'm
1: running my entire set. Of, I, I you have to help me put my set together. <laughs> <laughs> i'm i'm not just getting up we are going to work on this back <laughs> it's not that you
0: and i are paying each other back we're, we are we are getting each other back it's revenge to get
1: you back up on stage uh well and then like, at the end of it we're gonna hit each other with kendo sticks right
0: We'll talk about it later on. We'll do. We've mentioned wrestling. You, you and I work. <laughs> uh, we have we have hit each other with with chairs and kendo sticks and all those kind of things. Uh, yeah. A lot of fun. And our our friend Dan Farren, who is uh, both a great comic storyteller and a pro wrestling personality and and, and Booker, I, he always used to say it's the sliding scale of yeah. uh, failure. You you fail at everything, so you think you try you'll try stand up, and when that doesn't work. <laughs> Try wrestling, <laughs> and you and I did just
1: that. So, uh, Dan is a wise, wise man.
0: Dan Farron's one of uh, one of America's treasures, I uh, love indeed. That man. Uh, I love him too. Uh, thank you, Joe Ruggiero, for coming back to the Knapsack Files talking about stand-up. I'm going to do this more because this is a lot of fun. And and folks listening, when we get Joe back up on stage, don't worry, we'll do a follow-up episode. So uh, uh, I can't
1: wait. I'm terrified, but is- I can't wait. <laughs>
0: That is it. Uh, We're going to get out of here. At the top of the show, uh, you heard me talk about all the things coming up the live show with Mark Riley and the Patreon page, all that stuff. Uh, Go to Kednapsuck.com again for all the information on that. Links to wherever you need to go, Uh, including if you want to buy my book, Why We Love Star Wars, it's out there. And I think I have, if you order from my website, I have about five copies left. If you want personal signed copies from me, that's an option too at Kednapsuck.com. That is it for this week. We'll see you next week here on the Knapsack Files.